0: So today's psalm, like so many that we've looked at, is is really the perfect accompaniment to last week's lyrics in Psalm 142 because today's is another cry to God from David in a time of crisis. Uh, and actually it's listed among what's been labeled the seven penitential psalms, which are, are basically just liturgical songs of confession and humility before God. And Uh, Along with the other ones, and if you want to look them up later, uh, it's Psalm 6, 30, and I can send these to you, but you you won't catch them this quick, 6, 32, 38, 51, 102, and 130. Uh, Those are the seven penitential psalms. And with their, their really straightforward pronouncement about the unrighteousness of mankind, and they were traditionally sung by the early church in worship during this Lenten season that we're in in this, this six weeks between Ash Wednesday and Resurrection Sunday. Now, unlike last week, though, we can't link today's Psalm 143 to any one particular point of difficulty in David's life. He didn't do that with this one. He didn't tell us. Uh, so it could be from a time like last week when David was living as a fugitive from King Saul and, and hiding out in caves, uh, or it could be from David's time as king. Like when his son Absalom led an armed rebellion uh, against him. Either way, one thing we know about David is that whether he was in a time of crisis or whether he was in a season of calm, David knew he needed to cry out to God. And he knew that God would hear him. And even better than that, that he would genuinely hear back from God. And so I want you to see if you can pick that up, pick up that theme today as we read this together psalm 143 yeah we're getting closer to the end here guys who, who actually has endured and heard every single sermon for the last two and a half years besides my wife <laughs> right yeah okay a couple there's a couple put your hand down you've heard them more than once <clears throat> yeah right. so psalm 143 is superscribed a psalm of david And he writes, hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my plea for mercy. In your faithfulness, answer me. In your righteousness, enter not into judgment with your servant, for no one living is righteous before you. For the enemy has pursued my soul, he has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me sit in darkness like those long dead. Therefore, my spirit faints within me, my heart within me is appalled. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. Stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like parched land. Selah. And remember, selah means just stop and think about what we've just read. he continues, answer me quickly, O Lord, my spirit fails. Hide not your face from me, lest I be like those who go down to the pit. Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me to know the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Deliver me from my enemies, O Lord. I have fled to you for refuge. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness bring my soul out of trouble. And in your steadfast love you will cut off my enemies. You will destroy all the adversaries of my soul, for I am your servant. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of the Lord to us today. Father God, we are so grateful for this holy word. You've told us, Father, that your your word is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. Uh, and so that means, Father, that it cuts both ways. It cuts to heal like a surgeon, and it cuts to wound those places in our hearts that need to be exposed and open. And so, Father, we ask to receive today whichever you have for us through your Holy Spirit uh, in these next few moments together. In Christ's name, amen. So were you able to, to hear the, the theme that David was getting at today? Could you, could you hear it? I hope you did. Because that's what today's message is all about. It's about hearing. Uh, and, and not just God hearing us, which thankfully and, and obviously he does, uh, but it's about our ability to hear from him, which the Bible says... Isn't always that obvious Uh, And David really wanted to drive this point home in his lyrics Because he uses a familiar Hebrew poetic form that we've talked about before uh, That we've seen before in the Psalms called Parallelism Which is is basically just repeating the same idea in different words And he does it for the purpose of emphasis Like when he said, uh, hear my prayer, O Lord Give ear to my pleas for mercy Or when he said, in your faithfulness, answer me. And he said, answer me quickly, Lord. Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love. Uh, And David really needed to hear from God, didn't he? And he needed to hear not only some everyday good news from God, but he needed the good news. The good news of the gospel from God. And asked that he would be let, that he would, would be allowed, some of your versions may say caused, to hear it. And David's wondering here, like, perhaps if God was maybe speaking all along and he just somehow failed to hear and so he prayed let me hear and that's a good prayer for all of us to pray because david said that's what will make me in his words make me to know the way i should go and in this language david confessed that in himself he didn't have a natural ear to hear the word of god he didn't have the ability to catch on to the way of salvation and that he needed God to cause him to be tuned in to both, to know both. And not just in a, in a cognitive, intellectual way, but in a genuine heart and soul intimate knowledge that only exists in a relationship. A relationship where the lover and the beloved are speaking the same language as it were. And this whole idea is so important that almost a thousand years later, a descendant of King David is still preaching it a descendant by the name of Jesus, who not only draws on David's imagery of hearing ears, but actually uses it in the very first recorded full-length parable he ever told to his listeners. From Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 1, and we're going to look at it quickly together. So if you're following along, Matthew 13:1, That tells us, Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. And then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. And he told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, he said, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. And as he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath. The birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. And the seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, and still others fell on fertile soil. And they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone who has ears to hear should listen and understand. And his disciples came to him and and asked him, Why do you use parables when you talk to the people? He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That's why I use parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear. And they close their eyes, so their eyes cannot see. And their ears cannot hear. and Their hearts cannot understand. And they cannot, they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see and your ears because they hear I tell you the truth many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see but They didn't see it and they long to hear what you hear But they didn't hear it And so you guys understand what a parable is, right? This is the word parable just comes from a Greek word that that means like a comparison or, or analogy. It's a story Uh, a story usually narrating more so what people do in it than what people say and it's generally not placed uh, the action of it in any concrete like time setting so something good for all time Uh, and his main focus ordinarily is teaching either wisdom or morality lessons and they were actually used all the time during sermons in Jewish synagogues Uh, and according to one tradition they were actually invented by King Solomon in order to reveal what he called the secrets of God's law. And so the use would have been really familiar to Jesus' audience. Uh, An an audience, he knew actually that were more interested in what he could do for them rather than in what he had to say to them. Uh, and, And so because of that, he ended this parable with the line, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so Jesus was challenging them to really think about the meaning behind his message, but he also knew that he was already... Addressing the in one ear and out the other crowd, right? And as I mentioned, it's possible, not definitive, but it's quite possible that this is the first full-scale parable that Jesus preached. And we know that from the Gospels of Mark and Luke, the two Gospels that uh, are laid out chronologically, uh, that this is the first extended metaphor of Jesus in a sermon, this parable of the sower. And and the reading from Matthew today, I think, seems to confirm that by telling us that When Jesus spoke this parable, his disciples came to him and asked, uh, basically, what are you doing that for? Why, Why do you use parables when you talk to these people as if maybe this is the first one the disciples had heard Jesus use? But if this really is Christ's first parable, as seems to be the case, then it makes the truth that he taught in it all the more foundational to our understanding life in the kingdom of God. Especially, especially when Christ says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Uh, prompting one commentator to write "A a believer one who is a citizen of the kingdom of God is one who not just listens to God's word but who actually hears God speaking in it right a believer one who is a citizen of the kingdom of God is one who not just listens to God's word but who actually hears God